You're listening to Run, Are You Win? Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another Revive Us Now podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gray, and we're going to talk about revival and the things that give us and bring us revival, things that rob us of revival, and try to clarify what really is revival. And, and uh, there's a lot of great people out there talking revival. In fact, I hope you'll consider some we still have. Thank God we've got some people that have experienced true revival. They led revival. They know about revival. They've paid the price for revival from the 90s and 2000s, and maybe some that are preaching revival should stop and learn from them and then pick up the mantle and go forth with this new generation. That would be great. Well, I want to talk to you about uh, why we're struggling a little bit to get the revival uh, that we need, and we do need one. I'm telling you what I'm seeing in the world today. I've been telling people there is a storm brewing. One of the writers of the Old Testament said, a mighty storm is rising from the ends of the earth, and there is a storm coming, a, a, a flood of spiritual storms, a flood of evil spirits that are trying to push God's people around. So you better be ready for them. Well, listen to this. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Now, that's an easy preach. You can preach that one. You can go to the Baptist church, the Pentecostal church, over to that church, this church, whatever church, full gospel church, word of faith church, and they'll all agree that in the last days, there's going to be terrible times. All right? You can go to the local bookstore and you look on the shelves as you go in and there'll be all kinds of books telling you it's going to be bad and gloom and doom and spooky books and 666 and beasts and coming up out of the water and uh, famines and wars, uh, just on and on it goes. So you don't have much, uh, you know, difficulty telling people, oh, last days is going to be bad. Uh, and everybody, oh, yeah, it's going to get worse and worse. Now, the problem with it is the last days didn't start. I mean, when did the last days start? And uh, if you follow scholars on it and not uh, emotions, uh, then the last days was actually in the season of when Jesus was crucified and buried and rose from the dead and day of Pentecost came. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to evangelize, then uh, Gentiles came in. And that means that was the last season. This, we're in the last season. And so in this last season, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, listen, there's going to be some terrible times in this last season. Well, what's going to make them terrible? Well, like I just told you, you go get some of those books and, that came out oh, the last 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, and they're still coming out today. All oh, beasts are going to come and 666 and famines and all this stuff. Oh, it's going to be terrible. 
Well, that's not what Paul wrote, and I think he would know he's the Apostle Paul that we accepted when he taught us about justification by faith, and, and, uh, and he taught us, uh, you know, about the grace of God that is unearned favor, and we listened to him on that subject. Why wouldn't we listen to him on this one? He says, listen, there will be terrible times in the last days. Okay, Paul, tell me what it is. Tell me about how spooky it's going to be. Tell me about that 666. Tell me about famines and wars and earthquakes in various places. That's not what he said. He said there will be terrible times in the last days for people will be lovers of themselves. Whoa, whoa, wait, what? People will be lovers of themselves. We got a big problem there because I, I mean, all, almost all the sermons every Sunday everywhere are about you need to love yourself or teaching you how to love yourself in your present condition, teaching you how you need to accept yourself. You need to love yourself. You need to accept yourself in your present condition and teach you how to get along with yourself in your present condition and teach and tell other people to accept you in your present condition. I just heard it yesterday on TV. I was watching news and news broadcasts and some ad came on, I don't know about something, and there it was again. Some lady was sitting there cross-legged and holding herself like this, and yes, how can I love others if I don't love myself? How can I love God if I don't love myself? What? What kind of stupid thing is that to say? The Bible doesn't say you have to lo love yourself before you love God. It just said, God said, hey, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's it. It's a commandment. It's not a feeling. You don't reason with it. You don't say, well, I'll tell you what, God, soon as I really love myself, I'll turn around and I'll, I'll do my best to love you. It's a commandment to love God. It doesn't matter whether you love yourself or not. Like yourself, love yourself, care for yourself, enjoy yourself. Doesn't make any difference. This just says terrible times will come because People will, in the last days, be lovers of themselves. And that's what's happened with the terrible times. And it's hit the church. The church is depressed. We got, we got depressed people, angry people, victims, blaming people, uh, suicidal things. You know, And if they're not suicidal in actuality, they're suicidal in their minds, thinking about it and uh, obsessed with themselves, uh, offended at other people. Just on and on and on the list goes. And these are the people going to church. And so why is that? Well, because we're not following the Bible. See, this says people will be lovers of themselves. You say, well, Pastor Steve, what am I supposed to be then? A hater of myself? Well, of course not. Jesus would never teach you to hate yourself like, like we think of it today. No, he didn't. People will be lovers of themselves. You say, well, what am I supposed to do? Hate myself? No, you're supposed to lose yourself. You're supposed to be a loser of yourself. Isn't that what the Bible teaches? Jesus taught it and others taught it. You don't hate, you, you don't turn into a hater of yourself like we would think hate in modern times. No, people should be losers of themselves. You lose yourself into somebody else. Oh, you think that's so foreign, don't you? You think that's so weird. You think that's so strange. No, it's not. You, you, you would love to do that or you have done it. Yeah. Maybe it didn't work out for you, but you can remember the day when you met that guy or you met that girl and, and all you thought about all day was them and all night was them. And you, and you're, maybe your parents said, oh, stay away from that boy. Stay away from that girl. <laughs> It'll ruin your life. And oh, you didn't listen. You completely lost yourself into that person. 
You didn't listen to advice. You maybe dropped out of school, dropped out of college, moved to another city, took a job that didn't pay as well. People make all kinds of crazy decisions because they just lose themselves into another person. Well, that's what you're supposed to do with Jesus. You say, I don't care anymore about anything. I just, I am completely lost in this man. The savior of the world, the most famous man that ever walked the earth is Jesus Christ. And I am completely lost in him and his love and his power and his compassion and his mercy and in his word. And that's not so hard, is it? But you see, it'll get terrible because we won't lose ourselves in him anymore. We've lost ourselves in ourselves and it's costing us. It's costing us. That's why people have so much struggles in marriage as they come down and they say at the altar, I do, I do, I will, I will. And they say, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to do everything for you. And as soon as they leave, they go back to themselves again. A lot of people do that to Jesus too, don't they? They come down to the altar and says, you're it. I'll serve you. I'll follow you, you know. And then as soon as they get done with the prayer, they go back to serving themselves again. And relationships just don't work like that, do they? No. And so marriages get rough and you have a baby. You got a little baby in your eye. Oh, I love you and I'm going to take care of you and you're so special. But then they get a little bit older and they get a little more difficult and it's not as easy. And pretty soon you start loving yourself and the baby baby grows up and in school and then they become a teenager and they start loving themselves and you're loving yourself and the mom and dad both love themselves. the kid loves himself now you got two other kids that love themselves now you go on come home and it's not so much fun it's a terrible time because people have become to be lovers of themselves and these are the people that should be loving God and loving each other right love your neighbors yourself love God and love your neighbors yourself right so, so it doesn't say you got to love yourself first. It already assumes you do love yourself. Love your neighbor as you already love yourself. You already do. Yeah. And so it's, it produces terrible times. And in these terrible times, then we turn and we turn on each other and all this other stuff comes up, rage and selfishness and bitterness and unforgiveness. And it blinds us and it deceives us. And we're mad at people we shouldn't be mad. We throw away people that God put in our lives. We throw away pastors, churches, people that really care about us. But we've made up a story in our mind that they're monsters and they hate us or they did us wrong and, you know. And, um, you know, they did us wrong, but we're not going to forgive them. But we sure want God to forgive us, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, <clears throat> here's what Paul, there's a whole lot of other words here, but we'll get down to the end. He says, these people, they, they develop a form of godliness, a form of godliness. And so if they got a form of godliness, what kind of people are these, are, are these that are lovers of themselves? And are sitting in church on Sunday listening to a sermon about loving themselves, accepting themselves, right? It's, it's just a big circle of trouble just over and over. Love yourself, accept yourself. I'm going to teach you how to get along with yourself, improve yourself. Nothing about losing or dying to self, right? Okay. So they get a form of godliness. Well, if they got a form of godliness and there's terrible times, who are these people? I mean, you don't, do you think somebody that's sitting in a crack house on Sunday morning, you know, doing heroin has a form of godliness? No. The people who have a form of godliness are sitting in the churches. Yeah. 
they the ones that formed a form. They got a form of godliness. So they got a formula of godliness. It's called religion, some kind of form of religion, form of Christianity. There's a cross on the door, a steeple on the church. They got a form. But they deny, it says, but they deny the power. Well, how do they deny the power? How do they deny the power? They deny the power to themselves. You see, I used to think when they denied the power, said, I don't believe in the power. I don't believe. Well, that's probably true. They don't. They don't believe in the power of God. They just do the form, stand up, sit down, sing, whatever. But they deny the power access to themselves. And that's what revival is. You'll get revival when you allow the power of God access to you. You get tired of being you. You get tired of living in terrible times. You get tired of being selfish. You get tired of your marriage being the way it is, your kids being the way, your family, your church, dullness, God far away. You get tired of all that and you want revival? Then you come and say, I'm going to let the power of God have me. God, revive my family. Revive my church. Revive me. Now you're on your way. You're on your way to a true move of God that can start with you, spread out to your church. Revival always starts with somebody. Just read it for yourself. Somebody can't live without a fresh move of God. Maybe that's you, and you can be delivered from a terrible future of just rooted in self-love rather than being rooted in losing ourselves in his love. I hope you're getting this revival. Yeah, it's good stuff. Till next time. We'll talk more about it next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival. Revival.